I'm Jordan Goodman. And I'm Justin Goodman. We're third-generation insurance agency owners and also brothers. Even though we had the same upbringing, we see the world very differently. This caused significant issues in our early years, but we eventually embraced the idea that every coin needs two sides to be complete. In 2018, we launched our second company, Total CSR, with the aim of reducing new-to-industry onboarding timeframes from two years to two months. Since then, we've traveled the country speaking to thousands of agency owners and their teams, and we've come to realize two things. We all struggle with similar challenges, regardless of size and location, and oftentimes, we are too embarrassed to ask for help. The Independent Agent Podcast is our attempt to provide helpful answers to your most difficult questions, anonymously, of course. Thanks for listening. Welcome to episode four of The Independent Agent. I'm Jordan. That's Justin, across from me, gazing into my eyes. You look beautiful. I always look beautiful. Thanks for listening today, guys. Justin, I wanted to ask you, since you kind of liked that Grapefruit Goodman last week, did you go home and bring it home to your wife? I did not. Why? You, you gave me a half a point. Well, you did not provide me said beverage to take home. Well... <laughs> You, there are grocery stores around here where you can go. Where's the fun in that? Okay, okay, let's get in. First question, you read, me read. All right, so we got a couple questions today. One, again, is going to come from the staff side of the equation, the other from an agency owner's perspective. I'll read off our first question from an account manager. Uh, it starts... I've been at my agency for close to 10 years now as an account manager, and I'm really struggling with the double standard that exists for producers versus us account managers. I have missed my kids' ball games and school events because our agency doesn't allow time off to account managers unless we use vacation time. Meanwhile, even newer producers are allowed to come and go as they please, and one of them in particular has a son playing baseball in the same league as my son. Last Tuesday, our two teams played against each other, and he attended the game, and I didn't. I don't know how common this is, but it seems as if some employees' family commitments are much more important than others, even when they've been with a company for far less time. How would you suggest I handle this, and what would convince you as an agency owner to change this office policy? I have a lot of thoughts on this, actually. First, I think you probably should strive to be able to go to your kids' games. I think it's really important, and if your agency owners aren't allowing that, probably try and have some discussions. If you want to go coach or something, it's an everyday thing that's probably going to be a little bit difficult. But I don't know, family is huge for Justin and I. And I think, look, it's more important than work. So, you know, figure trying to work with your, your owners or your managers to figure out a way that you can do that. You'll probably have to make it up somehow. But the flip side to that is, again, and... and I feel like we've had a lot of these questions about comparing account managers and producers. And I think I just want to say, like, you got to understand that job function is completely different. An account manager or a CSR is a, is a customer service role, right? You are taking calls, emails, and doing things for a client in real time when they have needs. A producer's job is to go out, hunt, and bring in new business. So, yeah, they do have more flexibility. I'd argue they have far more risk in their job, too. 
but it's two different games. And so this comparing thing, I totally get it that it, it seems one way, but it's it's a function of what the job is. It's not it's not a hey, because they're a producer, they get to go do other things. It's no, their their expectations for them to stay at an organization are to bring in X amount of revenue per month or per year. And that's what they need to do. If, if they're hitting their goals, it doesn't really matter what they're doing. Your job function is to maintain renewals and, and service the customer with their day-to-day needs. If you're not if you're not at the office, then you can't do that. So I, I just think that they're two different roles, but I would absolutely, absolutely, absolutely encourage you to try and plan out when your kids' activities are and try and sit down with your manager because maybe you haven't had the discussion. I don't know. Did it say if she... I would say she. It could be he. Had the discussion because... And I would encourage you to, if that doesn't go well, then maybe look for a place that does encourage you to spend that time with your family because that's way more important than the job. That's my opinion. So where where my head's at is on this is one, uh, I start with looking at the, the resource load on the individual agency. In our agency in particular, we tend to overstaff. We do that for several reasons. One, we have periods of the year uh, being in construction that have significantly more work than other times. In order to accommodate that, we actually have to have a surplus of resources available during those times. But also we do it so that we can have our employees have the same access to family time that we do. And that was always something that struck me even back in my previous employer was that the producer had the ability, even though the role is different, to be at those family commitments where an account manager may not have been, or even a producer could go to their doctor appointments, but an account manager couldn't. And to that end, uh, we don't have even our, our staff wait till the end of the day to go to doctor's appointments. We want them to get in when it's best for them. When you know, So you're not sitting two hours at a doctor's office because you're the last appointment in the afternoon. So what I would say is, one, I, I'd look at the agency and, and how it's structured. And, and I know I'm talking to you, not the agency owner, but that that's top of mind for me. The other part to that is really as... Uh, the servicing role, you do have that obligation to be there, but you can put your email on your phone. You can have calls forwarded to your phone in most circumstances. And one game once a week for a couple month window out of the year is not an unreasonable request. And I I think to your point of, well, how would I address this and how do I rectify the situation? I think what you have to do is have one of those face-to-face conversations with ownership and say, Look, I get the responsibilities are different, but I work far better when I can balance my work and my life and be able to be there for these kids' events. And I need to be part of an organization that values my family commitments as much as some of the others in this organization. And then when you paint the picture to them, you can answer some of the questions they're going to have up front. For example, what happens if somebody calls? Well, if someone calls within that two-hour window that you are outside of the office because you're at your kid's game, you could A, have call forwarding and answer the call while you're at the game, 
or you could B, see that they left a message and if it's urgent, call them right back. So that's a solution there. Same thing with the email solutions. But there's also a component of working together within the organization. And if you have four or five account managers discussing, there's a likelihood you all might have children and you all might have needs. And so you understand when Jeff is at his kid's little league game that Sandy has to take over for that desk for that two-hour window on one of those days and you rotate responsibilities. No different than when somebody's outside of the office. And I think if you come with a proactive approach like that to your agency owner, you'll be a lot more effective. And uh, again, if the agency owner is not receptive to that, you again have to think about what's most important to you with regard to your place of employment. Is the balance the most important thing? You may be able to find another opportunity out there, but for less money. Or you may find something that's same or more money. Uh, But I, I think having that conversation first with ownership, but get the questions that you know they're going to ask answered prior to having the conversation. And I think in most cases, you'll find them amenable to making those accommodations especially if you're a high performer and already delivering on targets. If you've been subject to multiple reviews because you're not getting your work done on time, I would obviously take issue with that and so would your employer. So assuming you're doing an A job for the team and contributing and being a valuable team member, I don't see you running into the headwinds you maybe are fearing. Ownership may just not be aware to the extent of what you are sacrificing in your personal life and sometimes you just need to bring it to their attention. Cool. Can we make a cocktail now? Somebody's impatient. (laughs) Okay. So I have another one for you that I'm excited about. Hopefully you like it. So we're going to do a Moscow Mule. Okay. But I'm going to do it my way, which is... You seem to be taking these drink names and changing them and making your own... Moscow Mule? Yeah, but you, you, I know, you it, like what the other one was a Greyhound and you made it like a Jordan Hound or something like that. <laughs> and this is a Moscow Mule, you, you've renamed it. What's your new drink that you've knocked off? No, we just call it a Mule. I okay, mean, it's a, it's you had said your own way, so I didn't... It is my it. own way. It's, it's a much better way. Here's, okay. here's part of the problem, is that people make mules and they don't muddle the mint, they'll toss in mint, or they won't use enough citrus. They'll give you like a little half of a lime... Like a like a little tiny wedge of a lime, and they'll just drop it, and they won't. They won't. They're just not spending the time preparing. How much time do you spend muddling in a day? <laughs> I'm I'm biting tongue right now. Okay, I'm gonna make this. You can talk and entertain them while I make it. So, a uh, question I have is: How far into my answer was my uh, illustrious brother checked in, or was he figuring out how much muddling with the mint he was gonna have to do? I was getting bored pretty quick by the end of your answer. It was it was kind of long-winded, but it's okay. I, I don't think I give short-winded answers. You don't. So I see uh, two... Uh, so, yeah, I just put a good grip of uh, mint in there, and I'm squeezing about half of a lime in. You should post the recipes after the podcast. That could, that could be part of like... Oh, good. Yeah, I'll put that in the notes. I'll put the recipes in the notes. And then we'll have a separate YouTube playlist for just you making the cocktail so they can do it just like you. A YouTube playlist? Well, we're going to post the podcast to the YouTube as well, so... Okay, I'm muddling. Justin's favorite part. And how long would you recommend muddling? Just enough. You don't want to tear the mint apart, but... 
just want enough to be able to squeeze it out and you muddle into the lime juice, right? It pulls the sugars out. It seems like it takes an awful long time to make a drink. Where is your ultra? I guess. Where is your ultra? I thought oh, you darn well better like this. I assigned you with going and getting I, you the. It's you, in the fridge. It's in the fridge. Yes. Why don't you go get it? I'll go talk to them. Go get yourself a beer. Unbelievable, this guy. Nothing would happen if I didn't tell him what to do. Okay, we're good there. Also, I'm gonna add some ice. We're using our, our copper mugs as you would always use. All right, he should be back momentarily. Now, last time I used kettle because I typically prefer kettle with most of my cocktails. Um, but this time I'm using Tito's because I don't know. I like Tito's with meals. I just think the flavor is better there. Um, Can we talk about millennials and personal responsibility? You were in charge of beverages. R really? R really? You said, go pick it up. You got everything ready. Pull the damn thing out of the fridge yourself. I'm sorry I didn't do that for you. Okay. <sighs> now, um, for the ginger beer, we're going to use Bundaberg. And a lot of people use Fever Tree. It's not as, as satisfying to me. But I really like a, a spicy ginger beer. So I think it, it's really the way to go. So... All of this, Justin, you can go back home and you can get it at Albertsons or wherever grocery store. You I think you should, every time you buy all this stuff, because you keep buying it for each thing, you just just have me take it home like a, no, a prize. If oh. I have to go to the store to buy it, it's coming to my house. Business expense, right? Okay, so okay. drinking out of this bronze coffee mug? Copper. Copper? Yeah. Coffee mug. Unbelievable. This one is better. I think I need more lime. Actually, I didn't have enough lime, but no, I, I like this. You one. like it? I actually do. This is you're you're almost at three quarters of a point. Three possibly. quarters of a point. He hasn't even opened the ultra yet. I will. So you don't like it enough to not open the ultra? No. No. Okay, let's move on. All right. Why don't you read question? Three quarters of a point, though. Three quarters of a point. Okay. Perfect. Question two. I guess it's a statement. I run what some would call a small to mid-sized agency. And my problem is that my staff is less than excited to help with our new hires. Everyone says they're too busy and, it, and look at me with blank stares when I ask for help. Most of them had someone to show them the ropes, and yet they seem to not want to be interested unless there is something in it for them. They don't seem to process that it is in their best interest to get the person up and running to share the workload. How do you get your team member to contribute to the training process to do it in a way that gives the new team member the best chance of success? It just sounds like they're hiring new people and their staff that was trained by people previously doesn't want to train new people. That's the gist, yeah? That's what it seems like, yeah. Cool. So, uh, well, do we have an answer for you? <laughs> Insert, insert shameless bury, plug. Bury the lead there. Okay. Um, so uh, let's talk about this from the perspective of the account manager. What we've typically found with account managers is they, 
Sorry, the shameless plug part of it just <laughs> is really throwing me here. Um, but we're going to ignore that for now. But when you have a new account manager come on board or somebody that's training, the existing staff would like to look anywhere but themselves to handle that problem. And yet it's that personal relationship walking them through the intricacies of your agency that is needed. And we are very quick to forget who walked us through the doors and and showed us the processes when we came into the agency. Or in a lot of cases, we also experienced the fact that we were just thrown at a desk and expected to figure it out on our own. And so when the new hire comes in, you don't want to train them that way, and you want them to experience the, uh, the hard knock learning that, that you yourself had. The problem is the new generation coming into our space, they expect to be onboarded and trained in a methodical process. And that's one of the reasons why our industry does not see a lot of millennials right now. The way I explain it to my staff is your help is mandatory. It's it's not an option. We divide up the responsibilities and that person will end up working with the account manager. And I'll give you an example with our four different account managers we have. We will have somebody handling how to use the agency management system, how to use the various carrier rating systems that we're involved with, what our accounting procedures are, and we walk through each of those. But all that takes place actually after we've recorded these processes on video. So one of the the quick solutions to your problem is the fact that you should have a process and procedure handbook. And now you need to put it on video. So you get a software like Zoom and leverage that to record and narrate over. You can buy a, a microphone for 40 bucks and every one of your processes, you just walk them through and go through the whole process. And then you have 30 of those videos for them to watch. Now, all the data will show you that that first time through they watch something, they retain 15%. They do it again, it's about 30. The third time through, they're up about 60%. And then you bring in your account managers to show them the ropes. And the reason you do that is the account manager, they get frustrated because they don't have to just show the person one time, they have to show them five times or seven times. So if you can eliminate that pain point by having it recorded ahead of time, so that person is pretty darn familiar with it by the time they do their shadowing, you take out the pain from the account manager's side of the equation. The other part of it is when you come to work for our company, you quickly realize that the account managers are part of the process, even in the hiring process. And if you're going to commit that you think this person is worth bringing on, then you're going to commit your time to actually help them learn the job as well. Jordan, what do you have? Yeah, I, I just think that I, I, I hate training more than anything. Probably anything. Isn't anything. it ironic? <laughs> okay, Alanis. I mean, uh, yes, I agree with 100% of what you said, but we, we have to remember also that most people hate training, and even if people like training, they're usually terrible at it. And our industry takes so long to train people. I think really one of the best tools Justin and I did, well, Justin really did the whole thing, was this process and procedure handbook and these recording videos. Because, okay, now you find the best person at your agency to do those, record them, and they're there for forever. And if you change one, you re-record a 30-minute video or whatever. It's, it's, honestly, if you're not doing that, it was a huge, huge, huge time saver and really helped. But... Again, going back to our shameless plug, like if it's a new person coming in the industry, 
you shouldn't have your people be training them how to do insurance. That's not an effective use of their time. We'll leave, we'll leave the sales pitch for Total CSR at the door, but if you don't know about it, just go check it out at our totalcsr.com, um, see what we do. But that's where you should start. But it's not the end-all be-all. You then need to have your people run them through on your agency processes. And everything that Justin's done for our agency on that has been phenomenal. So I don't have much more to add than that. I would jump in and say one of the, the pushbacks I get when it comes to recording uh, my actual video workflow is that the account manager is nervous about hearing themselves on a recorded video. And one of the conversations we have with them is that when you're recorded or whether the person's sitting there, you sound the same. Your voice is the same and you stutter over your words much like we mumble and, and do that whether we're doing a podcast. And it's in stone though. It's like there for forever. Well, it's forever. there for nice reference uh it's it's not there forever because every agency management system gets updated and websites are, are changing so unless your agency is not paying attention to these details it does get updated so it, it will be there <laughs> i just don't ever take part in it justin handles all that so i don't know last time <laughs> been we should have you record them in the future actually we should have you i don't know how to do anything you wouldn't want me to record it <laughs> this is this is the gentleman who when back in the day, I I asked him if he could help process certs. He said, I don't know how. And after a few drinks, he let me know he intentionally never <laughs> learned how to process a certificate so that he wouldn't have to help process certificates. Listen up. It's smart. That's wisdom. Millennial thinking at its finest. Well, if you have more questions or if you even want to know how we've done it within our agency with regard to the process and procedure, or even how to get your staff on board with doing everything the same way, uh, feel free to reach out. I am always happy to discuss that, and we can walk you through that as well. Uh, we appreciate very much your continued listening, and we'll be back soon with hopefully another uh, winning beverage choice. Again, we're at three quarters of a point. You're not going to like the next one, but, I, but I'm going to do it. So it's I'll leave it at that, but you're, it'll probably be your least favorite of all of them. But I'm excited about it because it's a we're we're slowly entering the holiday season, and it's a great holiday drink. So, and because it's not eggnog, and because he's using the corporate credit card to purchase alcohol <laughs> and take I, said alcohol home, I, I am. <laughs> it's I am, a it's a winning combination. Glorious. Okay, I think that's it. I think we're out. Thanks, guys, for listening. I appreciate it. Everyone, have a wonderful day.